This is Saturday morning. We are live from the Minnesota State Fair. Jack Farrell, good morning. It's time for his wine chat. Jack, it's beautiful here at the fair. Gorgeous morning at the fair. You know, I've been going to the State Fair for more years than I care to even count. But uh, I'll never forget a friend of mine. I moved here from Illinois all oh, 50, 60 years ago. And uh, a friend called up and said, you have to go to the State Fair. Well, you know, being a Chicago boy, the State Fair was held down at the State Capitol in Illinois, Springfield. And, you know, to go and see chickens and goats. And I said, I don't know about no, no, you've got to go. We've got a route mapped out, etc. He says it's a food lover's dream, and that was fifty some years ago, and it was a food lover's dream. He had all these particular spots he went to, uh, finishing up, I think, at the place where you could get all the milk you wanted to drink for a nickel or a dime, whatever it was at the time. It was just incredible, and I remember laughing and joking with Charlie Boone. Uh, that at the state fair, you probably had exposure to the most. I remember laughing and joking with Charlie Boone. Uh, that at the state fair, you probably had exposure to the most cuisines in the same area anywhere in Minnesota and maybe in the whole country because, you know, every cuisine was sort of represented at the state fair over time. And, you know, this has just even grown bigger and bigger through the years. And, it really is a wonderful thing. In fact, they have a, a wine testing that I was one of the helpers get, to get it rolling years and years ago. And I went down to Iowa to uh, see what there was, was like because our neighbors to the south, Iowa, if you can believe it, had a wine judging contest at their state fair. And our uh, management of the state fair thought that it would just be terrible to have wine and liquor judged at the state fair, even though they did have three two beer all the time. Of course, they said that was not an alcohol, uh, wasn't intoxicating. Uh, some of them ought to go to some of the three two bars in Minnesota. You'd see what intoxication can come from that three two beer. But be that as it may, I went down to Iowa and. Uh, when I called and said I was coming, they said, well, maybe you'd be our judge for our wine thing. I said, sure, why not? So I went there, and most of the stuff was not very good. But there was one that was a sweet wine that was just absolutely delicious. And, of course, they had outdone themselves. They had The grand prize was a trophy that must have been four feet high, foot high. It was just amazing what a trophy they were going to hand out for this wine thing. So I announced the winner, and of course, you didn't know who was winning. This little old lady came up with her hair in rollers, uh, kind of almost flower on her nose type of thing. And I said, well, what grape did you? Oh, I don't put grape in my wine. I wouldn't think of it. I said, well, how'd you make it? Well, then she explained how she made it, and uh, what she used was Tokai raisins. Well, I proceeded then to tell the story about the Tokai grape and how it's affiliated with the Habsburg family uh, in Austria-Hungary, uh, where that Tokai Essentia was kind of the Viagra of the 18th to 19th century. Every monarch in Europe had a little bit of that ascent, Tokai Essentia on their nightstand. It was a very sweet, delicious wine. Etc. And it was made from the Tokai grave, and I explained how 
Tokai raisins were nothing more than Tokai grapes shriveled up, and that's why it got this flavor, etc., etc. Well, uh, besides being embarrassed that the little old lady won, what you, wouldn't you know the next day the paper shows, fortunately not on the front page section, but in the back page, it's out-of-town expert claims local wine is as good as the Habsburgs. <laughs> it was a very funny thing, but it endeared me to state fairs, and I've been going ever since. In fact, now our state fair allows all 70-plus wineries in Minnesota, if they want, to display their wines at the state fair. In fact, there's one whole building there that's devoted to Minnesota state wines. And uh, some of them are really quite kind of good. It's amazing to me how the quality of the state fair wines has improved through the ages. Uh, when we started that, I remember people had actually sealed the bottles with duct tape. And I remember uh, a particular, they made wine, you know, you can ferment almost anything and make an alcoholic beverage. And they were making beverages out of oak leaves in those days. Uh, and today, you go to that and they really make it some out of Vitis vinifera, which is grapevine. And the quality has improved tremendously over the years at the state fair. And that's a, incidentally, if you want to go and see that, it's in the agricultural, horticultural building. They have a, an entire little area in there, and you can see the wines that won. And uh, it, it's a, a wonderful part of the fair, and I'm so glad that they finally do it. Uh, and now they have all sorts of beer because, you know, that's another unusual thing. Minnesota happens to be the only state in the United States that allows, has something called 3-2 beer. And I think it's just a matter of time before breweries are going to tell them to stop making it, and maybe we'll have to switch to regular beer, because uh, all they do in 3-2 beer is uh, reduce the alcohol content. 3-2 means it's 3.2% alcohol. Well, you know, speaking of 3-2 beer, you know, our beer consumption in this United States, and, you know, Haskell's are the wine people, that's for sure, but we also handle spirits and beer, etc. And beer is a remarkable thing. You know, it's probably one of the few things that's older than wine. They've found uh, from the ancient Sumerians actually breweries uh, that were run 6,000 plus years ago, 6,500 years ago. Uh, the archaeologists discovered that. And of course, then the Egyptians pioneered uh, the quality of uh, brewing and really perfected it. As a matter of fact, uh, when Moses led the Jews out of Egypt, uh, their primary sustenance was beer. You know, one of the things that's very interesting about beer is you can absolutely live on beer. And, and the monks in medieval Europe, often during Lent, did nothing but drink beer. And that's how they sustained themselves for 40 days was drinking beer. So beer is a remarkable thing. Uh, it really is uh, been around for a long time. It, it is the most popular drink overall in the world. After there's only two drinks that are more popular than beer, water, obviously, then tea, and then beer. And it's, so it's the most third most popular drink in the entire world. Now that's a pretty hard statistic to beat. 
and the largest beer producer in the world uh, is partly a United States Anheuser Busch, but they were covered uh, by uh, acquired by Amstel Brewing in Belgium, oh some ten fifteen years ago, and the largest brewer in the world now is something called InBev, and of course InBev has about. 600 different brands of beer from all over the world, and it's a remarkable company. It's just huge. And, uh, of course, Anheuser-Busch has a recent problem with uh, uh, Bud Light, and uh, they've taken a hit on their stock value, et cetera, et cetera, because of Bud Light. But I think that will undoubtedly come back uh, and but the other breweries are picking up Bud Light. In fact, it's interesting that the best-selling beer in the United States is Modelo Especial from Mexico. It's owned by a company called Consolation Brands, which started out years ago uh, producing wine in upstate New York and has become now the the biggest <coughs> brewer in the United States. Consolation Brands. And uh, they own that Modelo, which is the most popular uh, light beer, but the most popular beer in the United States. Molson is a very popular one as well. And those are really the top three, that Anheuser-Busch, Constellation, and Molson. Molson, which owns uh, Coors Light and Miller Light, as well as Molson, is a very, very big company. And it, it's amazing to me when you look at beer consumption around the world, uh, the United States is 17th in the world of beer production. Uh, our whole beverage alcohol business suffered an enormous uh, setback because of prohibition. But we've come back, and today you would be hard-pressed to note that we almost consume 73 liters, a liter is just a little over a quart, of uh, beer consumed in the United States to make us 17th. Well, you might wonder then, well, who's, who's drinking most of that wine? Well, it's amazing that while uh, USA is 17th in production, as you might expect, Germany is number five, with they produce not much more than us, uh, 93 liters per capita are consumed. Then the next is Romania, number four, Poland, number three, at 96 liters per capita, Austria, 92, at 97 liters per capita, and the winner is the Czech Republic. Uh, I hope you're sitting down because I can't believe this number. They drink over 100 liters of wine per capita in the Czech Republic. And as a matter of fact, beer is cheaper in the Czech Republic than uh, bottled water. And of course, it is the birthplace of Pilsner beer. And Pilsner beer is a style of beer that is very, very popular. And it obviously is much beloved in the Czech Republic, that's for sure. Um, but anyhow, you can get all kinds of beers, uh, 3-2 although, at the Minnesota State Fair. It's a marvelous fair. 
and like I say, stop in that Ag Hort building. You can see the wines they've entered in the fair. And over there, there you can also find, I can't remember the name of it, but there's a building that houses nothing but Minnesota wineries, and you can stop there and have a glass of all sorts of wines that are produced all over the state of Minnesota because for a, an area that, <coughs> excuse me, never even had a winery till uh, old uh, David Bailey opened his in Hastings years ago, now we have 70 wineries plus in the state of Minnesota, and they're just terrific. And Ted Farrell has decided to give Blue Ribbons in a six for 60. That's where you get six bottles of wine for $60. And uh, he's picked out six Blue Ribbon winners. One of them is our own Ferrelli Pinot Grigio, which is a wonderful aperitif wine and a gorgeous day like today to sit on your patio and enjoy the day and have a glass of that wonderful Pinot Grigio. The other one is a Bordeaux Pas de Razan, a wonderful blend of Merlot and Cabernet, and it's heavy to Merlot, so it's a very soft, approachable red wine from Bordeaux, which is delicious. His Cote d'Aron, Bon Pas, is terrific. If you're having barbecued ribs or something like that, that Cote d'Aron is a good choice with that. Projection Cab is another good choice from California. Uh, Not a bad wine to have if you're having... Uh, burgers on the grill. Then Provinera Zinfandel, which is a wonderful wine to have with barbecue. Uh, any kind of, whatever you barbecue with, that sweet and kind of hot red sauce flavor that you get with most barbecues, it fits in perfectly. And then Pepita GSM, and that's uh, uh, the new way of, say, Rhone wines that don't come from the Rhone Valley. They're Grenache, Syrah, and Moudouvre, GSM. And so it's a wonderful wine uh, applicable to the same dishes. You would have a Cote d'Aron with six for 60. His Blue Ribbon choice for the State Fair, a delightful choice of different wines. And you wonder, well, at the State Fair, what about wines there? What wine would I have with a corn dog? Well, how about trying any sparkling wine, that little slight saltiness of the dog combined with that cornbread? that go well with any kind of sparkling wine. I wouldn't have a, a great champagne with it, but a cava from Spain would be pretty good. Or even a, a Prosecco from Italy wouldn't be a bad wine to have uh, to have with your corn dog. And cheese curds, well, that's a no-brainer. Almost any red wine would go very well with uh, cheese curds. And if you're having... Anything, say, like pork chop on a stick, which is pretty good, any uh, Riesling would be well. And with any kind of Oriental or Pan-Asian food, a a very nice Riesling or a Guntner Veltner from Austria would be delicious. Uh, And Sweet Martha's cookies, I can tell you this, they're absolutely delicious with any good sauterne from Bordeaux. I like particularly uh, Chateau... uh, Milange, they make a little white uh, sauterne, which is absolutely delicious and goes so well with sweet marketless. And then you, if, yeah, well, if you're having barbecue, don't forget Malbec is a natural with barbecue. But anyhow, wines do fit in at the State Fair, and maybe someday we'll be able to have a lot of other wines other than just Minnesota wines at the fair. Who knows? Stranger things have happened. Don't forget, we finally did get wine as an entry in the State Fair, and it took years.
Absolutely, but you don't need to wait. You can go to any one of the Haskell's locations, right, Jack? Indeed. The folks at Haskell's uh, express in each store the vineyards of the world, and the best part is they'll help you pair one of those vineyards and wines with whatever you're preparing, and they'll do it at a reasonable cost. There's a Haskell's near you where you can save big dollars on wine. Our summer sale is still going on. Haskell's in Bloomington, Excelsior, Faribault, right off at 35. Our Maple Grove is on wine. Our summer sale is still going on. Haskell's in Bloomington, Excelsior, Faribault, right off at 35. Our Maple Grove Supercellar is amazing, 22,000 square feet of wines from around the world. In Minneapolis, we have free parking on Saturday and Sunday. There's a Haskell's at Ridgedale, Plymouth, St. Paul's Highland Village, Stillwater, White Bear Lake, and Woodbury, too. If you can't come into Haskell's, go to Haskell's.com. And don't forget, we do deliver. And, by the by, there's still some seats on our September cruise. We had that uh, St. Croix cruise last weekend. It was absolutely wonderful. 400 happy souls on a wonderful boat with delightful lunch. And uh, that is available September 15th. So uh, call a nearby Haskell's and you can get a place on that boat for our fall cruise. Sounds wonderful. Jack, let's talk next week. You know, Denny, I'm going to look forward to that. That's Jack Farrell from Haskell's. <laughs>